Hi everybody, you're listening to the Rogue Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FedLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom, and we're rope partners, and we've been practicing together for just over a year. We're excited to share our passion for rope with you. And we live in Thailand. Today is one of our listeners' mail episodes, which means we will be answering questions from someone like you, dear listener, who reached out to us and contacted us through FetLife. So Maya, whose questions are we answering today? Today we're answering the question of Luna from Spain, and she is a Luna Lavanda on FET, which means lavender moon, which I think oh, is very pretty. That's, that's very pretty. All right, <laughs> let's, uh, let's listen to our questions. Hi there, I've got a question. What do you think are the responsibilities and duties of a top or bottom to themselves and to their tying partner? Thank you. Okay, well, Maya, that was uh, an interesting question, and maybe not one we hear a lot. Hmm, the idea that we're responsible um, to the other person um, and that we have maybe duties or responsibilities to ourselves, I think is implicit in a lot of things, but not necessarily explicit. So it's an interesting topic to discuss. So shall we take it from the top then? <laughs> yeah, so what are the responsibilities of a top to their self? Okay, uh, let's start with something that is very much a current matter, I believe, mm -hmm. if you've been on fat life at all. Uh, I think the responsibility of a top to him or herself is to have a clean act. Okay, what does that mean? Well, right now we are seeing a lot of uh, abuse reports against rope tops, and sadly I'm pretty sure a lot of them are quite well justified. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say, what what are you rubbing? Are you are you touching? Oh sorry, fire? no, oh no, I just rubbed the seat I was on. I didn't realize it would come out. Sorry. It it really does. So if if you want to have uh, some oh, oh, guilty pleasures during the episode, uh, so I suggest you do that more discreetly. Anyway, um, I think one of the responsibilities of a top. You, you're still doing it. I am. Yes. So oh, it's my. It's because of the microphones against my um, breasts. Okay. Oh, well, I think the listeners will enjoy. <laughs> Let's just move yeah. on. I'll try not to die. Anyway, um, yeah, I think one of the responsibilities of a top is to read up on consent, mm. make sure they know where they stand and what ethically they think is okay and isn't, and pretty much have a strategy around that before they go in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Practice good communication with their bottoms and potential bottoms and mm -hmm. like make sure everything is ab above board in that area. Yeah. And I would say as an act of uh, long-term self-care, be sure to be safe in their reputation. Because if you're a, a rope top who ties a lot in your community, not saying you're doing it to serve your ego, but your reputation is going to be something important and if if you get a bad reputation the consequences can be pretty bad yeah well certainly you might run out of bottoms to tie at the very least um one of the things that i think um 
I would add to that, having uh, been in some of the bottoms group, uh, is to learn from your um, mistakes. So if you do make a mistake around consent, and, and some sometimes I think they are mistakes or, or look, reading the reports, they are from a time where people didn't have the same conception of consent as we do now. Mm-hmm. But the way in which people handle those is, is a huge thing. So I've seen some reports of people who 10 years ago made some mistakes but then and people had bad tying experiences but then those people have learned they took the feedback they weren't defensive and they changed their practice and i think that's a a huge thing so learning from your uh, mistakes and from the feedback of your bottom will help you to have a clean act and a good reputation yeah i would totally agree (laughs) then still in the realm of self-care and I would say uh, Mm self-respect within a rope top I would say do a scene if you really want to do it Mm -hmm. because some people who are interested in rope which is awesome might kind of want to use you as a rope dispenser yes (laughs) we see that a lot with you for sure Uh, we do we do see it like people uh, will walk up to me at a month or at a party and ask if I will tie them and they're not specifically interested in me as a person. Yeah. Uh, they're interested in being tied because they want to try it or they've tried it and they know they love it. But I, I could be anyone. Uh, like mm. who I am doesn't enter in that. And so uh, how do you feel scene. about that? Uh, well, that depends a lot how I feel about the person. Okay, say more. To be honest. Well, I, I enjoy the physical and tactile interaction with an attractive woman. Mm-hmm. So, oh, even, we should say a woman who's attractive to you. Yes, that's that's actually a very good uh, a very good point. A woman I feel attracted to, and that feeds directly into my point. Uh, for me, being attracted to the person who asks me to tie is a big input into me wanting to do the scene. Mm. And I think as a top, it's important to not force yourself to tie someone you don't want to be tying. Yeah, and I think this is a really interesting area because there's a lot of challenge to tops around them only tying a certain person. Mm -hmm. And I do think that some tops use rope in not a super awesome way. So they use it as a means to get sex, basically. Um, And so that gives them one perspective. Um, But I also think that sometimes people don't respect the top and the idea that you know they might may not want to touch a certain person and for you it is important who the other person is very um, much so. so you do enjoy doing rope but you also enjoy a connection with the other person and if you don't have that then it's not great for your self um uh, self-worth or self-esteem or whatever you want to call it yeah um and i think that sometimes bottoms don't respect that about tops which are, and i wonder how controversial that is as a concept um so yes i would agree uh do the scene if you if you want to do it um and and be honest with your own intentions so do you want to talk about your intentions around that kind of thing well pretty much be be honest to yourself and to others as to what you want to get out of the scene like if my goal is I'm sexually attracted to this person and I kind of really want to have sex with them and (laughs) I would find a way to let them know that whereas if it's more of a platonic attraction and we share a liking for rope and I'm 
I just want to have a good rope scene, but I, I'm not going for sexy time, then I think it's also important to make that verbally clear to the person uh, so that we come into it with uh, matching expectations. Yeah, I would agree. And then lastly, another one that might be controversial, um, especially since riggers, rope tops, tend to be more in the dumb role, the dummy dumb, if there's any kind of uh, DS aspect to the play. I think a responsibility of a top to themselves is to dare to ask for the aftercare or emotional connection that they need. Okay, so talk a bit about what that means. Well, that means if you're someone who, I mean, it connects to what we've said already, but if you're someone who doesn't like to be discarded right after the bottom got her rope fixed and made feel disposable, then I think it's important to yourself that you let the bottom know that. Like, if if we tie together, like, let's, I'm going to need aftercare, I'm going to need for us to spend a moment together and not just you to walk off to another scene with another guy two minutes after you're out of my rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so what are the responsibilities of a top to their bottom, to the person they're tying with? First of all, I think a very important one is to give a bottom a realistic idea of the risks of what they're going to be doing, especially if the bottom is a newbie. Yeah, I very much agree with this. People don't realize how dangerous rope is. Yeah. I I think that sometimes new bottoms, because they don't know that, they don't treat rope with the respect mm-hmm. that it deserves. And there's also a, a risk sector when you move from basic to intermediate, where you kind of feel like, okay, I get rope now. Okay. And you might be less vigilant because you feel like you've tied maybe... 40, 50 times and you feel like you get it, but actually some of the subtleties can escape you and that's where you risk uh, a bit more bravado and then getting hurt. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so how do we, what what kind of things are we going to inform uh, our bottom about? Well, we're going to talk to her about the risks such as uh, nerve injuries and so on uh, that are, I think, quite well covered in our episode zero of the Rogue Podcast that's always available on our FedLife profile and that really anyone should be uh, listening to before doing Rogue. And then one thing you can do is just point your uh, bottom to that episode and have them listen to it, which A, saves you a lot of time and the risk of forgetting something, Um, B gives us some free advertisement and that's always nice <laughs> yeah thanks listeners i'm <laughs> um, just i'm just going to note again for people who are new or if this is your first listen we talk about the top as a guy and the bottom as a woman because that's how we tie but obviously we very much support women tying and men as bottoms or whatever your and yeah any non-binary gender is yeah, also very exactly. welcome to the rope party i feel like it's important for us to say that every now and then so people realize okay that's what every every 10 episodes we're going to say that again <laughs> but we are not going to say that every episode because okay. uh yes it is, a, it is an assumption that uh that needs to be explicited once in a while i agree yeah okay uh, um, so so for me um i think that the the baseline risks that it's important to you to say to a new bottom is first of all rope is dangerous yep like i think just stating that is important mm-hmm. um and 
just identifying some of the things that can happen um, and helping them to understand in particular the difference between nerve um, the feeling of nerve damage and the feeling of blood circulation uh, and the difference between those and what the consequences of a nerve injury are because yeah. that for me is one of the biggest and, and more common injuries mm-hmm. um, and it's pretty serious and, and I feel like if, you, if your bottom doesn't really understand that or at least hasn't been informed of that um, then that's not great responsibility on your part as a top because whether it's right or wrong a new person is going to trust an experienced rigor to to tell them what they need to know and yeah. i we talk about this a minute in a bottom i strongly believe that bottoms should inform themselves also however <laughs> um i think that a more experienced player in any scene has a bit more responsibility to share what they know yeah and typically it's going to be the rigor uh sharing that experience with the bottom more often, yes. In in yeah, more often. Although there's nothing wrong with a very experienced bottom tying with a beginning yeah. rigor and giving him some schooling about those things. I think that would be awesome actually. But it's yeah. just something yeah. we see less of. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I just recommend having a very honest discussion about risk with your partner and finding out what the comfortable risk level is for the both of you. Yeah. So Maya, for instance, what what level of risk are you comfortable with in rope? Would you say? Um, I mean, we do rope. I mean, I'm not quite sure how to, what the scale is here. So how are we, how are we defining our risk? Well, you're not a fan of goatees, for instance. Yes. Yes. You you like having hands at work. Yeah. So TKs for for us um, seem to be one of the areas where the most rope injuries come. Mm -hmm. And they seem to be something that, get messed up a lot and so i wouldn't tie a tk with a new person and i wouldn't suspend in a tk which makes us unusual i think yeah and that's uh that's an agreement we have arrived at by talking about it so i suggest one of the responsibilities of the top is opening up a discussion with the bottom like yeah what level of risk is okay to you yeah yeah then i think another one that's quite important is to not exaggerate your skill level and that to do ties that are appropriate to your skill level. Yeah, yeah, and and also to the skill level of the bottom. So we saw someone try and recreate a photo mm-hmm. um, last year and I'm not sure it was an appropriate level for the bottom. They'd just seen a pretty photo that they wanted to replicate and I'm also not sure that the top had had much experience tying that Mm -hmm. particular thing so it would have been better for the top to experiment with that on a more experienced bottom and then chair (laughs) yeah um and then you know experiment with it with the the new person but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure that either person had the skill in that particular case to either tie it or to receive it I very much agree uh, and then, as a subcase of that, be honest when you talk about your experience as a rigger. Like, I mean, I can sound a little ridiculous for doing this, but I give actual hard data when I'm asked about my experience. Uh, like, I think I've currently tied with uh, 28 people. Let me check my notes real quick with my rope journal. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I've, I think I've, just getting an idea is fine. Uh, well, that's where I disagree, actually. Let me let me make my point. Uh, like right now, my rope journal says I have tied with twenty-eight different partners and I have performed forty-nine suspensions. If someone asks me what my experience is, I'm going to I'm going to use those specific figures, which is a little ridiculous in a conversation, but shows that it's not an interpretation; it's the actual facts. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to saying I've tied with you know uh, like two dozen, but like I, I I want it to be clear that I'm not. Or I've tied with a lot of people. What is a lot of people? I, I don't know what a lot is. I've tied with 28 people. Maybe some people will think that's a ton. Maybe some people who have tied hundreds and hundreds of models will think that's very little. Uh, I just give the facts and let them interpret them as they want. Sure. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this rope podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free. Far from it, actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases, and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. Okay, what else? Another responsibility of the top to his bottom is to watch the bottom and care for the bottom during the rope. Okay. So look at what stage is in, be receptive to feedback, either verbal feedback or non-verbal feedback. Yeah, yeah. And we talked a lot about this in the episode about pain, uh, which I can't remember which one it was, seven or eight, I think. Mm -hmm. But it's worth uh, maybe having a listen to that one to see how you might watch your bottom and what the, what kind of aspects you might want to look at yeah uh, very much very much agree and also yeah be open to her communicating because talking to your uh, top is not always an easy feat for the bottom like if you need to ask for something to be adjusted and if the top is not listening then it's not going to make it any easier is it yeah yeah agreed and it was episode 7 for the record episode that, 7 uh, contains those uh, information about what things to look for okay um, and then lastly I would say responsibility of the top to the bottom is well to ask her what her needs and goals are and try to provide for them and if as the top I feel that I can do that or I don't want to do that uh, let her know in advance in the negotiation yeah so that we enter the we, we start the rope scene with a common understanding yeah what yeah. the aim is yeah yeah definitely i okay. see so many times at parties people tying together without having talked first yes. and they both assume they have the same understanding of what a rope scene is and what the goal is and i think that's really not the case well we know that you can do rope in in infinite number of ways so yeah i would agree okay so let's look at the bottom now because we like to do okay. that yeah, yes, we do. We think the <laughs> bottom is important in a rope scene. Um, okay, so in terms of the responsibilities of the bottom to the top, I think this communication piece um, is really critical. So um, the negotiating around consent, mm -hmm. um, the bottom has as much responsibility to negotiate as the top does yeah. and to share with the, the other person, with the top, uh, what is and what isn't okay. 
Um, and, and obviously sexual things are particularly important around consent. You know, is it a sexual yeah. scene? Is it a non-sexual scene? And also, very important, what does, in inverted commas, sexual mean to you? Because we yeah. know it means very different things to different yeah. people. Uh, we, we have a good friend, uh, Tie Me to the Moon, who recently on FetLife uh, posted a writing that's kind of an intro to that for the people she will tie with. So she's, she's a bottom. And she calls it uh, a button that comes with a manual. And I, I think that was an interesting concept. So maybe we want to link to that writing of yeah. hers in yeah. our episode notes as an example of what can be an, you know, a conversation starter, or an icebreaker you give to, uh, to a top to uh, start this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So she's tired hundreds of times and tired with lots and lots of people. And that is a shortcut for her, which I think is great. Um, there's also something about talking about your your physical, your mental, your emotional state. So, for example, I have this um, dodgy shoulder. Some days it's worse than others. So if my uh -huh. shoulder's particularly bad, uh, and even if I'm tying with you, then I'll say, okay, we you know we need to go a bit easier on the uh, rope around the shoulder or the neck because it's a bit sore today. Yeah. Um, but also the mental and emotional state is important. So I read. Uh, yesterday in the, uh, an academic BDSM paper a definition of safe, sane and consensual which as an aside we don't use but let's mm -hmm. put that aside for a second sure. that the sane piece was um, around not tying in an overly emotional state so not drunk and not mm -hmm. on drugs but also not practicing BDSM in a very negative emotional state and, and I would agree with that I think that's a really knowing, good point. Yeah, knowing your emotional state. You know, if you're in a bad way, maybe it's not a great day to, to tie. Now, as a, in a relationship, so with you and I, I think that tying certain things when I'm emotional uh, is, is okay because rope gives me safety and comfort. But if you're tying with a new person and, you know, you've had a really bad day and you've been crying all day, maybe that's not a great day to tie. Um. So be honest about how you're you're feeling and and physically and mentally and emotionally. Um, that also speaks to if you've had problems with rope before. Um, so that might be problems you come with, or it might be if issues have come up for you in rope. So for example, um, I'm, I find it difficult to hang my head back in face-up suspension ties. Um, I don't like that causes me issues and so I would talk about that um, or I don't like material in my mouth I, like I won't have it um, and that's a really small thing but it's often people put rope in people's mouths so yeah. I don't like that also um, or if you've had a bad experience in rope um, so we had a friend who had some problems um, with a chest a suspension with a chest harness um, it, it just put too much pressure on their chest and they, they they found that quite problematic. And so them having had a problem with that particular thing before might mean that you would want to be careful about tying that in the future. Yeah. Um, and also, um, if you have problems in the rope that you're doing with this person, then you need to tell your top. Um, because if, if they cause you a problem and um, they, they don't have any chance to change it, then how's that going to feel? I mean, on the one hand, I get that uh, some buttons, especially newer ones, might feel pressured to perform and to, like, not, inverted commas, ruin the scene for the rigger. 
and then they have a problem something feels wrong and they don't say because they want to be a good little soldier right yeah and then what happens is they end up with an injury or a bad experience and the rigor is going to feel terrible because there was a problem and they have not given them a chance to fix the problem and maybe yeah. it was a really easily fixed problem. Maybe just a wrap needs needed to be readjusted a little bit. Or flattened. Or flattened would have taken five seconds, but the bottom didn't want to make waves, I guess. And yeah. that that ends up quite poorly for everyone. So it's and okay. It's okay to say. Injuries in that situation also. Yeah. And this is the challenge of a newer bottom and why the top has that responsibility to talk to them about things like what does nerve uh, damage feel like in rope because then you know they're more likely to say when when that comes up. Yeah. Um okay, so then also I think one thing um, that ties in with the communicating piece is what is the dynamic that you have in the rope? Mm -hmm. So obviously for us, we have a DS dynamic, which means we do have a safe word um, because uh, (laughs) because sometimes no, no, no isn't necessarily mean now. (laughs) But that's because of our very specific dynamic. But if if I'm just bottoming for someone, and I don't have a DS dynamic, and that would be the case because the only person I have that with is you, then um, I don't need a safe word necessarily. Um, I can just say, no, that doesn't feel right. Um, Now, you might still want a safe word because that's Mm -hmm. a shortcut for you when you're spacey, and that's fine. But in general, if you're tying with someone without a DS dynamic, I don't think you... You don't need to have this concept, well, I can only give a safe word. Like You can just say. You can give regular feedback uh, just one uh, one counter example I would uh, interject is if you're tying at a party uh, it's interesting to know if the party has a house safe word which I yeah, would recommend because if you're tying with someone and you're saying no 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 because you mean no 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 and they're a bit of a jerk or they're not really getting it then an external observer would interpret the no 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 as being part of the play right Potentially, yeah. Whereas, if there is a house safe word and you know it, and in the case of our party, the house safe word is safe word. If you say safe word, then everyone in the room is going to understand that something's going on. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Um, yeah, that's a good point, the, the house safe word. Um, and the other thing I think that's important is to know, um, ideally, what effect rope has on you. So what kind of effect does rope have on you, Maya, if, if any? <laughs> Um, it has quite a strong effect. So for me, um, I'm quite a spacey bottom. Um, I, as long if the rope's good and I trust the person, then I will relax into the rope. And if I'm spacey, then I get quite non non-verbal. Yeah. I would say. I would say um, however, you and I have pushed this quite far, and I'm still able to safe word in that space. Which Even though really I good. feel very far away, yeah, like we've done some some quite hardcore stuff within that very spacey place, and I'm still able to safe word, which makes me feel more comfortable, and I'm sure it makes you feel comfortable as well. So what what can you put in place uh, to help with the spaciness, especially if you're tying with someone you know less or in a less safe context? I, I think the length of the scene is part of it. So maybe you do shorter scenes with people because the, the more I'm in work, the more spacey I get. And also the level to which you do suspension. So I don't do 
I typically I wouldn't do a suspension with a new rigger unless I'd had a lot of information on them beforehand and I'd seen them tie and I had friends references you know the the level of risk uh, I would take much less risk around a suspension because suspensions tend to make you more spacey than floor rope that kind of thing yeah Uh, what about a spotter Uh, yeah so that's a good idea so if I'm doing uh, rope with someone then sometimes that's a useful thing to have someone else and or if you're at a party that's another idea and, and typically uh, if I'm around and you're tying with someone who's not me I would be a spotter oh for sure for sure because I, I know you pretty well so if something's wrong uh, if something wrong I, I will usually be able to tell right yeah if we have a regular partner I think that's a, a great uh, yeah. idea and also if I say something wrong and the uh, the rigor does not register that I'm, I'm probably be able to uh, intervene in some fashion <laughs> yeah yeah um, okay so that's the um, responsibilities and duties of a bottom to the top and what about themselves what do you think the responsibilities are to themselves well a lot of a lot of these are going to mirror things we've mm. mentioned already clearly but um, we've talked about understanding the risks mm. uh, that's that's one responsibility of the bottom to understand the risks she, yeah. she's taking look at things like oh i'm uh, i'm an artist uh i'm currently making a comic book i have a deadline in three weeks if i fuck up my hand i'm going to be in a lot of trouble yeah yeah definitely and then more generally knowing your body like what you said about you like being able to both understand and communicate those information like i have had uh breast implants put in because I, uh, I got those really nice new uh, large breasts but uh, I may <laughs> be a little bit sensitive about the topic but I have to tell my rigor because maybe yeah. maybe that it affects the rope you'll be able to do yeah that's not me by the way uh, no I would say I would say I have uh, checked you out pretty thoroughly and um, you're anyway uh, you are a natural okay so <laughs> Um, so I also think that um, the bottom needs to understand what makes a safe rigger. So this goes part to understanding the risks of rope. Mm-hmm. And so doing some research on the person you're tying with and also having a concept of what what is my safe line for a rigger, I think is important. Okay. So what do you look at? Um, so there's a piece around ability. So I guess that speaks to what have they tied before? Who have they tied with? Um, what experience do they have? What do they know? Um, if you haven't been able to, ideally I'd watch them. That would give me a yeah. solid idea of their ability. But if not, I might look at their photos on FET. Um, if, for they sure. have, if they have any. If they have any, yeah. And if, they, if they're a rigor and they don't have photos on FET, then I'm puzzled at the very least. Um, a track record of good consent so um, again in the community um, people I know do they have a solid uh, track record there Um, you can ask a rigger to provide references Mm -hmm. Um, so have they tied with other people Um, I think I act as a reference for you sometimes just because people watch us tie together and they see us together and they talk to us as a couple I think that sometimes is um and then it's kind of like Harry meets Sally, where the girl is uh, having an orgasm in the restaurant, and all the clients ask, "Can I have, can I have the same thing she's having?" Like they see their reaction to rope because you're totally melting. Yeah, because I and like think, it. "Wow, that rigor would be really good if he has that effect on this girl." <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, and then also, there's um, 
a newer Rope Bottoms group. So Evie Bain, who um, wrote that Rope Bottoms book you mentioned um, in another episode, uh, she on Fat Life has a Rope Bottoms group, and there's a private Rope Bottoms group also that comes from that, where you can ask other Rope Bottoms if they've tied with someone. That's I, a bit... I did I did mention that book, but it was in the yeah, pa- patrons only uh, episode. So if you're curious uh, what we mean, the, the best course of action is to go to our Patreon and support us, and then you will have access <laughs> to that episode. Okay. Um, but anyway, the Rope Bottoms group, um, which has been a bit controversial, but um, is actually a very polite, very respectful forum where people talk very positively as well as um, about the challenges they've had with various riggers. Um, and it's quite balanced, is a good place to check references. So if you're a bottom um, or a, a bottom heavy switch, then you can join that boat group and ask people, have you tied with whoever? Okay, so if you're uh, if you're doing that background check of sorts, uh, what are the green fra- green flags, red flags you're looking for in a rigger? Yeah, okay. So um, I'd also I'd look at the match of me to the top. So mm-hmm. if someone, so I'm not super painy, and if someone likes um, hardcore degradation or hardcore pain, um, and that's the type of rope that they do, they're very sadistic. Then I might not want to tie with them because okay. I that's that's not a dynamic that works super well for me mm-hmm. um so i think understanding the type of rope they do is is really important and the type of play that you like um if i was doing suspension i would as i say look for more aspects so i would um look for more experience i'd look for more suspension experience again because i don't do TKs, I would want them to be able to do a chest harness in suspension that wasn't a TK. Which and actually actually can puzzle some people, can't it? <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. And sometimes you say no TKs, and people that takes out a big piece of what people do, which I think is really interesting. Um, what else? I would ask them some questions about rope and and you know see how they answer. And ideally, um, they'd have good solid experience and they'd become I mean we, we probably have potentially a whole episode on how to uh, vet a rigger slash vet a bottom right so maybe yeah. we'll explore those more in details in a future episode okay the other let me just say one last point which is I would make sure that they're comfortable tying around my challenges that would be the mm-hmm. other thing. Yeah. so can they cope with okay I've got a dodgy shoulder Are you, you know what what might you do around that because yeah. that's quite a big thing for me and it's not safe for me to tie with someone who can't manage that. So you, you want someone who's uh, flexible and adaptable. Yeah, and has some idea, some creativity and enough experience to adapt. Okay. Uh, then you mentioned earlier uh, the ability for a bottom to distinguish between nerve pain and circulation sensations. Yeah, I think that's that's important. So. And that's something uh, that's required by a few workshops as a yeah, prerequisite. Yeah, it very much is. It very much is. So understanding, okay, if my whole hand feels a bit numb, then it's probably a blood circulation issue. But if only part of my hand is uh, a bit numb, then it might be a nerve issue. You know, that kind of thing is really critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that goes along with understanding the effect of the rope on you um but nerve damage is one of the biggest risks of rope yeah 
in terms of what people actually experience. I would put it. I would put it as number one. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's really critical and you have a responsibility to both yourself because it's your body as a bottom and also to the top because of course they don't want to cause you injury permanent injury <laughs> okay well i i hope we have uh, answered luna's question we've certainly spent a lot of time trying <laughs> <laughs> so that's all from us at the rope podcast so don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, so iTunes or Stitcher, and come friend us on our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. You can also find us easily at ropepodcast.com. We'll have questions from listeners, like the one from uh, Luna today. So drop us a message on FET, and we'll try to answer you in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.